Wisconsin Watch is pleased to present audio versions of our investigative reports. Wisconsin Watch is a nonpartisan and nonprofit news outlet that investigates government accountability and quality of life issues. In this episode of our Flawed Forensics series, Wisconsin Watch explores how the criminal justice system has repeatedly rebuffed the medical opinions of the former University of Wisconsin child abuse pediatrician, Dr. Barbara Knox, and tells the stories of families who were affected by her misdiagnosis of child abuse. Full-text reports of these investigations with visuals can be found at wisconsinwatch.org. If you enjoy our stories, please consider making a donation at wisconsinwatch.org forward slash donate. Child abuse cases sparked by Dr. Barbara Knox, rejected by Wisconsin judge, jury, and prosecutor. Original reporting for Wisconsin Watch by Brenda Wintrode. Narration provided by Wesley Letham. Before child abuse allegations capsized his life in 2016, Alfonso Claiborne had his first high-paying job and a new apartment in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, that he and his new family were turning into a home. He had bought himself and his girlfriend each a car. Life at then 22 years old was becoming more, quote, stable, he said. That all vanished one day in June, when he found his three-month-old son unresponsive in his crib. He called the baby's mother. She came home from work, and together they called 911. An ambulance took her and the baby to the hospital. Claiborne followed in his car. But once he arrived, the staff at the American Family Children's Hospital barred him from joining his family. The hospital's child protection team told authorities the baby had brain bleeding and a left leg fracture. A physician assistant told police other injuries were possible, but not yet confirmed, according to the criminal complaint. Then-medical director Dr. Barbara Knox had examined and diagnosed the baby. Her physician assistant, Amanda Palm, relayed Knox's diagnosis to police and told them the child's injuries were caused by inflicted trauma. Authorities focused on Claiborne, a police officer and Child Protective Services worker interviewed him. The Child Protective Services worker was the first to tell him news of his son's condition. Quote, they said he had a broken leg or a broken limb, some bruised ribs and a fractured skull, Claiborne recalled. And quote, I was like, there's no way. The CPS worker asked him if he had hit the baby, he said, and proposed scenarios suggesting Claiborne had harmed the child out of frustration. They gave him a stark choice. Either his girlfriend had injured the baby, or he had. Claiborne responded, quote, it was me. Quote, the situation was overwhelming, and I was only trying to get it over with. I didn't know I would end up being charged, he said. The baby left the hospital with a cast on its leg for a break that it turns out he never had. Seven days later, Claiborne left the police station with an ankle monitor and a criminal charge of first-degree reckless injury, later dropped after experts reached radically different conclusions than Knox. 
Knox once testified that she never made a mistake in diagnosing child abuse. But Claiborne's case is one of several examined by Wisconsin Watch in which Knox's diagnosis of child abuse led to charges that the criminal justice system ultimately rejected. Wisconsin Watch earlier reported on the experiences of seven sets of parents who were investigated, but not charged, for child abuse when none existed. In two other cases, caregivers are serving prison time in cases launched by Knox. Jennifer Hancock of Verona is serving a 13-year sentence in connection with the death of an infant in her care. She has appealed her case to the Wisconsin Court of Appeals. Joshua Gaeta of Madison is serving a 20-year sentence after his girlfriend's toddler died while Gaeta was caring for her. Gaeta has appealed his case unsuccessfully and is contemplating another appeal. The families and individuals came forward to tell their stories after a 2020 Wisconsin Watch investigation showed Knox had wrongfully suspected a Mount Horeb couple of harming their nine-month-old son. UW suspended Knox in 2019 for allegedly bullying her co-workers. She left that year to become medical director of Alaska Cares, a statewide forensic child abuse clinic. Knox reportedly has been placed on leave by the Anchorage facility, which has seen a mass exodus of staff who say Knox bullied them and leveled wrongful allegations of child abuse, according to a joint Wisconsin Watch and Anchorage Daily News investigation. Knox did not respond to multiple interview requests, phone calls, and an emailed list of findings. A week after Claiborne was fitted with an ankle monitor, a pediatric orthopedist told the baby's mother her son never had a fracture, but, quote, a normal variant of the distal femur, according to a court document. Despite this finding, the momentum of the criminal charge snowballed. While Claiborne's lawyer, Bill Jones, tried unsuccessfully for months to get Knox's medical report from the prosecution or find out if one had been prepared, Claiborne was arrested again after he was found with marijuana. The arrest violated the conditions of his bail for the child abuse charge that was later proven to be false, and Claiborne spent the next seven weeks at Dane County Jail charged with an additional count, felony bail jumping. While in custody, Claiborne lost his job, his car, and got evicted from his new apartment and he missed important milestones in his son's life, like his first Christmas. Quote, When I went into jail, he wasn't walking. When I got out of jail, he was speaking and walking, Claiborne said. Quote, I feel like I was kidnapped, basically. I was robbed and kidnapped. My first high-paying job, doing good, getting raises, then this happens. At Jones's request, pediatric neurologist Dr. Joseph Scheller looked at Claiborne's son's case and determined a seizure triggered by an irritation of the baby's brain tissue likely caused the baby's lethargy on the day of the incident. Quote, Infants who are victims of abusive head trauma are typically found to have external injury, broken bones, neck injury, retinal hemorrhage, and brain injury, Scheller wrote in his report. Quote, This infant had none of these. 
The new medical reports prompted Dane County Deputy District Attorney Rachel Sattler in May 2017, nearly one year after Claiborne's arrest, to file a motion to dismiss the case. But by then, Claiborne's stable life had already splintered. He's still climbing out from under the wreckage. Claiborne is having trouble getting a new place to live with an eviction on his record. He now spends as much time as he can with his healthy five-year-old son, who does well in school and recently won an award for playing football. Jones says doctors and authorities were quick to make assumptions about his client. He called the episode a, quote, nightmare for Claiborne. Quote, the problem is the medical evidence did not back any of that up. They kind of ignored it, Jones said. Quote, they went with angry young parent loses temper and hurts kid. Claiborne is not the only person whose life has been upended after being wrongfully charged with child abuse following assessments by Knox. In Jefferson County, a judge considered one charge so spurious that she ended the trial before the defense even put on its case. In 2016, a Lake Mills child care provider fell down the stairs while holding a four-month-old. The baby sustained a blow to the head, which briefly knocked him unconscious, while the caregiver reportedly suffered minor injuries. After scans showed the child had bleeding on his brain and hemorrhaging in his eyes, Knox declared it abusive head trauma, and the woman was charged with recklessly causing the baby harm. But the 2018 trial in Jefferson County Circuit Court ended abruptly after the prosecution laid out its arguments, including testimony by Knox that the injuries were intentionally inflicted and not caused by a fall. The defense moved to dismiss the case, citing lack of evidence, and Judge Jennifer Weston agreed. Weston found the state had failed to show how the caregiver's conduct caused the injuries, or how it was reckless. Scheller was sitting in the courthouse waiting room, ready to testify for the defense, when the trial was halted. He recalled the group of motorcycle riders dedicating to fighting child abuse who attended to support the prosecution. The bikers let out an uproar of protest after the judge tossed the case, he said. Quote, anything could happen from rolling down the stairs, Scheller said of the prosecution. Quote, it was so ridiculous. The caregiver declined to speak with Wisconsin Watch, citing the stigma, intimidation, and public scrutiny she continues to face after being falsely branded as a child abuser. She asked not to be named. More recently, on November 11th, a Dane County jury acquitted Stoughton child care provider Catherine Campbell of reckless child abuse causing injury after just two hours of deliberation. Knox triggered the criminal charge in 2017 when she told authorities the four-month-old in Campbell's care suffered from, quote, obvious child abuse. Scheller, testifying for the defense, said the child, who is now a healthy four-year-old, had a medical condition that predisposed her to bleeding around the brain. Knox had been scheduled to be a, quote, key witness in the Campbell trial, but the prosecution removed her name from the witness list, and Judge Susan Crawford ordered both parties to refrain from mentioning her findings. Scheller specializes in abusive head trauma cases and has reviewed records in over 500 cases and testified in over 250 of them. He does not take cases he suspects could be child abuse.
Nationwide, at least 25 people convicted of abusive head trauma, or its subcategory, shaken baby syndrome, have been exonerated since 1992. Five of them in 2021 alone, according to the National Registry of Exonerations. One of the most high-profile cases involved Audrey Edmonds, a Wanakee, Wisconsin child care provider and mother of three, who served 12 years in prison for a shaken baby conviction that the State Court of Appeals overturned in 2008. Scheller said in his experience, when child abuse pediatricians get it wrong, there is no accountability. Quote, you have the power to inflict so much damage on an innocent person, he said. Quote, you just have to be so careful with that power. Original reporting for this story by Wisconsin Watch reporter Brenda Wintrode. Narration provided by Wesley Letham. Music by Claire DeRosa. If you enjoy our stories, please consider making a donation to support our journalism at wisconsinwatch.org forward slash donate. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.